golden daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, battles all won. He'll shout the victory, break through the blue. Some golden daybreak for me. And we're happy for another morning and another opportunity to be able to come with you into your home with the Bright Spot Hour Gospel Broadcast. And this is Harold Seidler speaking. Now, my friend, if you're listening to us today, I hope that you'll remember that every day at this very same time, the Bright Spot Hour upon this same station. And if you'd be kind to call a friend, a neighbor, or relative and invite them to tune their radios, I would deeply appreciate your help. Thank you now, and you pray for us as we broadcast for Jesus today. First on the Hammond organ, Mrs. Garrett shall play for you wonderful peace. glorious of any gift that any man could enjoy is peace with God, the peace of God within our hearts. We come to prayer time today, and I invite you to spend a moment with us as we pray. Our Father, we thank you for this great gift, wonderful peace, having been made by the blood of Jesus' cross. And we would never claim any standing or any peace or any virtue within ourselves, but we claim Jesus we look to Him. We depend entirely upon Him. We recognize that our righteousness is in Him. Now, Lord God, there may be men or women listening to me now who are void of peace. Their hearts condemn them. They're without God and without hope. 
lost, grope for the wall like the blind. Oh God, I pray, call that man, call that woman, and may this be the day when somebody shall come to trust Jesus, to call upon him for mercy and for salvation. Then I pray for the sick ones. I pray for the shut-in ones. I pray for the homes that need prayer today. Some are broken, almost broken, and children are made insecure because mom and dad are having trouble. Lord, I pray for those homes. God be with them. Keep them together. Bind them up in the cords of love and of grace. And may the home be secure, and may the children feel that security. Now, Lord, use the bright spot hour. Supply its needs. Give to us friends who shall stand by with their letters and with their love gifts. And then I pray, give to us a portion of the blessed power of God's Spirit that we might know nothing save Christ and Him crucified, and that we might be able to lift high that name that is above every name. And we shall bow to give Thee praise for any measure of victory. And we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, Brother Gene Payne comes to the radio mic. Guest soloist on the Bright Spot Hour this week, and he's going to sing, Jesus Led Me All the Way. Someday life's journey shall be o'er, and I shall reach that distant shore. I'll sing while entering heaven's door. Jesus led me all the way. Jesus led me all the way. Led me step by step each day. I will tell the saints and angels as I lay my burden down, Jesus led me all the way, and hither to my Lord hath led. Today he guides each step I tread, and soon in heaven it will be said, Jesus led me all the way, Jesus led me Step each day, I will tell the saints and angels as I lay my burden down. Jesus led me. I want you to open 
your Bible with me, if you will, to the Ephesian Epistle, chapter number 6. I'm going to speak to you beginning at verse number 19 on the Branch uh, Power program today. Now, may I make this announcement again in particular to my listeners in the Greensboro, North Carolina area. I'll be speaking tonight at McLeansville Baptist Church with our brother Jack Lemons one night only, only tonight. Now, if you're listening to me from WWAMO in the Reedsville, North Carolina area, Eden, North Carolina area, or from WSGH in the Winston-Salem area, or WGOS in the High Point, North Carolina area, let me invite you to drive into Greensboro, the east side of the city, McLeansville community, McLeansville Township, and the McLeansville Baptist Church. Brother Jack Lemons a pastor one night and we will have a good hour together, good singing, good fellowship and a message from the word of God the Lord willing and I would thrill in your fellowship in the meeting at McLeansville Baptist Church tonight. Uh, one night only 7.30. The branch of our work of faith, a labor of love kept telling the story, preaching out the good news day by day and today coming to the end of uh, of the month of March. My, how rapidly time goes by. Tomorrow, the last day of the month. And then next week, we have a brand new month and a brand new opportunity. But radio bills will be due. The bills are beginning already to come in for the month of March. And we have to pay those bills by the 10th of April, if at all possible. If you'd help us do that, I would appreciate it. We need a great amount of money. In fact, it costs more than $30,000 per month to maintain the bright flowers we now have it. And you can be a great help to us if if you send your $10 check or your $100 check or whatever you can do, whatever God puts it upon your heart to do, I would appreciate that gift and that support very sincerely. Now, the book of the month, for the month of March, a book by Dr. John R. Rice on false doctrine, uh, literally a 435-page book, large uh, manual large book it is and it is it is virtually an encyclopedia on, on false doctrines abroad in america there are 14 chapters in the content of the book and dr rice in each chapter will tell you what these denominations believe what they teach and what they practice in chapter one he points out the era of the roman catholic church in chapter 14, he points out the era of the modernists and liberals in the Southern Baptist Convention. In chapter 12, he points out the era of, of Mormonism, uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. In chapter 8, he points out the era of the Jehovah Witness movement. In chapter 7, he points out the era of hyper-Calvinism. In chapter 6, he points out the era of the neo Pentecostal movement, the Tongue movement. In chapter 4, he points out the era of the Seventh-day Adventist Church who believe in soul annihilation and soul sleep. In chapter 3, he points out the era of the Christian scientist movement. And in chapter 2, he points out the era of the Church of Christ with their baptismal regeneration. In chapter 1, he points out the era of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, the, the, you, I don't know where you could find such uh, an encyclopedia on false doctrine as this one is. I do believe this, whole, this book ought to be in every home where the programs go. It ought to be at your hand. Questions come to me constantly asking about what this group believes or what another group may believe. And my friend, it makes all the difference in the world what people believe. Uh, we are standardized by the Word of God, by the Bible. Uh, that's, uh, that narrows me down to the Bible, you see. What does the Bible say? Let every man be a liar. Let God's Word be ever true, and it is truth. Now, if you'd like to have this volume, if you write to me, 
I'll be happy to mail it. Simply ask for the book of the month for the month of March or the book on false doctrine. Or you may request a book by Dr. Rice, R-I-C-E. They are $12 per copy. You may get one copy, you may get a half a dozen. If you'd like to give them to friends, I'll be happy to mail as many copies as you may want at $12 per copy. And I would appreciate that. And it would be greatly helpful to us if you'd stand by and let me mail this book to you. Tomorrow will be the final time it's going to be mentioned on the radio. Then I'll put also, tomorrow for the final time, the most talked about sermon I've ever preached in my life. In 50 years, and this month is my 50th anniversary, I began preaching in March of 1940. Here we are now, March of 1950, and the most talked about sermon of all that I preached, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of them, is Can God, two words, Can God, the text, Psalm 78, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? God blessed and used that sermon the night I brought it to our people here at Tabernacle. By the way, I've only preached it one time, though I ever intend to preach it again. I have it recorded exactly as I brought it that night. And I'm afraid if I tried to preach it again, it might not work out like God moved that, that night, you see. So I'm going to let well enough alone. It's an unusual sermon, camp meeting, old-fashioned rejoicing and shouting. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy the spiritual aspect of this particular sermon on Can God. You just have to say, mail to me the cassette on Can God. And I'll be happy to do so. They're $5 per copy. Or you may have three copies of this cassette for your gift of $10, and you may give them to your son or daughter, or mother, dad, or grandfather, or grandmother. They'll appreciate hearing as well. Now, my friend, as we come to the end of this month, could I challenge you to go with me, uh, stand by me, and labor with me, and support me? I would appreciate whatever you can do. And I promise you, I pledge uh, that every dime you send in will be used only for this time. I take no vacation through your money. I buy no elaborate clothing with your money. I live as conservatively as I know how and can. I would not waste up my own income. I receive no salary from the bright flower. I give my time gladly to preach the gospel across the nation. Would you stand by? My mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, and Greenville, South Carolina, Two nine six zero two. I left the radio yesterday, verse number eighteen in the Ephesian Epistle, chapter number six, where Paul climaxed his exhortation to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day by saying, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit." Now, here is the one climaxing weapon that we have to withstand the devil with. And not only praying, but he goes on to say, and watching, watching with all perseverance, watching with all supplications for all saints. Watching not only for yourself, but watching for all saints as well. And there's a task of the under-shepherd, the pastor of a flock, that he's to watch out for the fiery darts of the devil and the false prophets, the hireling prophets, for all saints. Pray and watch. Jesus said in the New Testament, watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation, or lest ye enter into a battle with the devil that you could avoid if you watched and prayed to the degree that you should watch and pray. Now verse 19. 
And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now he said in verse 18, pray. Pray with all supplications uh, in the spirit. Now, as for me, and for me, I want you to pray for me. I want you to include me, uh, Paul is saying in verse number 19. Include me in that prayer. I need your prayer. And the one object that I want you to pray for me about is that utterance may, given, may be given unto me, that I may be, able, may, may be able to open my mouth boldly without fear or without favor, without tickling the ears of people, that I may open my mouth and make known the mystery of the gospel, to tell the story of the great gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pray for me that I might be found faithful in my responsibility, faithful in my task, and making known the gospel and telling the gospel story boldly, with great courage, without fear, boldly making known the mystery of the gospel. And I'd like to say amen to that. I, I want that if I know my own heart. Uh, my whole life has been wrapped up in preaching the gospel, telling the story of Jesus. I've been preaching the gospel 50 years. I'd like to keep on the rest of my life. As long as it breath is in my body, as long as I have an open door, as long as I have my right mind, as long as I can think and carry a line of thought, uh, of thought I want my life to be given to preaching, to make known the gospel. So I say with Paul, to all of you who are my friends in the Lord, pray for me, that utterance may be given unto me. Now God has given me utterance. God has given to me an open door. I literally marvel at the bright flower door that I've enjoyed now for 48 years. Across the nation, we tell the story every day. And I'm as thankful as I know how for the door of utterance that God has given to me. Now, you pray that God will help me to be bold and yet uh, loving and kind in that door uh, without any fear of favor or without any compromise. I want no part with accommodation. I want no part with compromise. I want to be faithful to the Bible, faithful to the Christ of the Bible, if I know my heart. So I call upon you that you pray for me, as Paul called upon the Ephesians, that they pray for him. Then verse 21, he goes on to say, but that uh, you also may know my affairs and how I do. Now, isn't that a very interesting insight? I want you to know what I'm engaged in. He calls my affairs, my day-by-day -day life. I want you to be acquainted with how I use my time, how I use it every day. And then he said, I want you to know how I do. You know, we meet people on the street and we say, how are you doing? Well, sometimes I think that is rather a form and a habit, but really it's a very good thing to inquire of your brother, how do you do? How do you feel today? How are things coming today? That's a good thing. And Paul said, I want you to know how I do. So you inquire and you pray and find out how I do. And he goes on to say in verse 21, Tychaeus, able of brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things about uh, my affairs and all things about how I do. He'll report to you and let you know how I do. Well, that's a good thing. You know, I believe a preacher's life ought to be an open book, known and read of all men. Of all the people who ought never have a secret, it's a pastor. His life ought to be open. 
The people need to know exactly where he is and what he is and what he has and what he doesn't have. The people need to know where he goes and what he does when he goes. You have a right to let the people know how I do and all my affairs. At Tabernacle, where I pastored have been now for 38 years, I never shut the door to my office. I have an office at the church. I have my study in my home where I'm now broadcasting. But I have an office at the church. And I go into that office every day I live and do the work that I have to do with the mail and with the phone calls and counseling people and dealing with people and dealing with the staff of 100 people. We have 100 people on the payroll at Tabernacle. And I have to deal with them. And uh, I have to know about how they are doing. And I never shut my door. And my open door at Tabernacle is the same thing as my saying, I have no secrets, I have no personal time, my time is yours, my life is yours, my work is yours, what I do, what I am, where I go, is not private, is not secret. I want you to know where I'm at. And you may walk into my office, I say to my people, with that open door, any time you may. And I literally mean that. I'm not just trying to put on a show. I literally mean that. When you come to Tabernacle, you don't have to go through a secretary and find out exactly when you can see me and how long, and that secretary bring you in to see me. You walk in. A preacher, you'll never get anything done like that. Well, I've gotten by with it, and I'm older than you are. It hadn't hurt me a great deal, don't think. And I've been doing that a long time. Don't plan to change. I think it's a dangerous thing for a pastor to shut his door. I mean, literally shut the door and spiritually shut the door. If you get to the place, Pastor, that you withdraw yourself from your people, you might just as well give up your ministry and retire. No, Paul said, Tychaeus will tell you all things about how I do and about my affairs. Then in verse 22, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that you might know our affairs and that it might comfort your heart in relation to how I do. And there is a tie between the pastor and the people. All of us will admit that. The people are concerned about the well-being of the pastor, and surely the pastor is concerned about the well-being of his people. And so mutually, both pastor and people need to know our affairs and how we all do, uh, that we might comfort our hearts one toward another. Then in verse 23, 24, the, the uh, consummation of the epistle, where Paul said, Peace be unto the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace be to you, and love uh, with faith. An ideal situation, surely, that God's people dwell in peace one with another, and that we are bound in love one for another. Grace be unto all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Now, isn't that a, a comment, insincerity, which would imply that there are some who claim to have grace, and there are some who claim to be at peace, and there are others who claim to have love, but, but without sincerity. And those are not real. And in many cases, those are not truly born again at all. But among the born again brethren, saved by grace through faith, with the peace of God within their heart, and the love of God abounding within their lives, then grace be unto all them that love our Lord Jesus with sincerity and amen.
And so we come to the end of the Ephesian epistle with that great uh, two-verse close in this chapter number six. Now come in Monday, the Lord willing, we're going to open the Philippian epistle and commence a verse-by-verse exposition of the Philippian epistle on Monday. Thank you for listening today and goodbye until our next broadcast time.